Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. GEICO.com. Joined by the four Danettes. I was sequestered. It's Dan Patrick. Final hour on this Tuesday, Dan and the Danettes, Dan Patrick Show. Dan Patrick, the sportscaster. I'll say it one more time. I've said it at the top of each hour now. I did not have any comments about grandparents last night. I approve of this message, not the one last night, by the lieutenant governor of Texas, who was saying to Tucker Carlson on Fox News that uh, grandparents would be happy to give up their lives so their grandchildren could live a healthy life. I did not approve of that message. Yes, that uh, that was not me, although I heard from a lot of people. I heard from a lot of people that I didn't know, and they didn't have nice things to say to me or about me. But uh, I'm not on Twitter, so it was just uh, I heard that through the grapevine. This program brought to you by Rock Auto, rockauto.com, all the parts your car or truck will ever need. I have that 53 five-window Chevy pickup. I was having some problems finding some parts and I went to rockauto.com. They're there for me 24-7. You got uh, the part brands, prices, features you want any time. And if you're told dealer only or no longer available, don't believe them. They delivered it right to the man cave here. Didn't waste time uh, hunting for the parts, phoning, driving, waiting in lines. Go to rockauto.com today. And make sure you tell them that we sent you. You can write Dan Patrick in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you all the parts your car or truck will ever need. Rockauto.com. Lance Zierlein. Works for NFL.com, and what Lance does every year is he'll put out uh, his mock drafts, and he has some strong opinions. And he's not afraid of criticizing a draft pick because when we watch the draft this year, whenever that is, the analyst on the NFL Network and the Mothership are probably going to be all in unison, and everybody throws out verbal bouquets. Not every pick is a great pick. Lance just looks at this and says, this is how I assess this draft pick or this team and where they're taking this player. He'll join us coming up. And a lot of times, we'll pick out the negative things that he writes about these uh, football players, and then when they show up uh, at the Super Bowl, we have them read their draft profile, and it's all negative stuff. You know, Drew Brees kept his. He was so angry. Uh, J.J. Watt was angry. He wanted names. He goes, did people really write this? And then he was like, who wrote this? And we didn't want to tell him. Who wrote it, but uh, basically said he'll never be a successful pass rusher. Now, these aren't all Lance's opinions, by the way, uh, but he does have strong opinions, and we thought, let's have him on and maybe have him talk, you know, give him a chance to talk about some uh, players and say some nice things. He thinks that the Bengals are going to trade that number one overall pick to the Dolphins, so we'll ask him if he thinks that's what they should do or he thinks that's what they will do. The Olympic news the IOC has pushed the Olympics back a year, and that appears to be the smart decision because there was going to be, it felt like there was going to be some unrest here with the countries. They were going to be the ones canceling the Olympics, not the IOC. And uh, from what I was told, uh, 
you know, Canada said we're not sending our athletes. Australia was, you know, hint, you know, they were kind of debating whether they were going to. I think you were going to see a lot more countries just say we're not going. The IOC got out in front of this. Also, Peyton Manning has turned down ESPN again. I don't know if he was going to be offered Tony Romo money, but here's a couple of things I was told by somebody from ESPN that he, if he could have Al Michaels, then he would have been interested in this. Al's busy at NBC, and the person at ESPN said, NBC never made Al Michaels available for a trade. And I said, really? And they said, no, they did not. And they, the person at ESPN said, I would be surprised if Al didn't sign a new deal and that Mike Tirico is going to do games on Sunday night. He'll do some games, and then there'll be a transitional period uh, after the after the Super Bowl in Los Angeles that Al you know wants to do and deserves to do. Then Mike Tirico will probably move in to the main play play by play uh, role. But as far as ESPN goes and what they were going to pay, I said, well, what was ESPN going to give NBC? And they, I was told by some of the ESPN some SEC games. And I went, okay, so the trade would have been SEC games for Al Michaels. But I was told that NBC never entertained that idea. Yeah, Paul. Mike Tirico left ESPN three years ago for NBC. If Mike Tirico were still at ESPN, what do you think would happen in the Monday booth? Peyton Manning would be there alongside him. Wow. I, I really believe that. Because Peyton knows from John Gruden. And John Gruden, from what I'm told, told Peyton how great Mike is to work with. Now, we know how great Mike is, but how great he is to work with, and that's what you want. I'm guessing Peyton has no relationship with Joe Tessitore, but here was the other thing I was told by the person at ESPN. The last thing NBC wanted to do is give ESPN the opportunity to bring in Peyton Manning. Then they get good games. And you might be taking games away from because imagine that attraction. If you have Al Michaels and Peyton Manning, you're I mean, you can make an argument, you're going to get great games. Because ESPN has not received great games on Monday night. Now if you get Al and you bring in Peyton, the NFL wants to showcase their games and they want the best people broadcasting. That's why NBC always got their pick of the litter. Because they had Al and Chris. And NBC knew that with the you know, Freddie Godelli is the producer there, Drew Esikoff. You had a great team giving you Sunday night football, better than any other network. And and I say that having worked there, but if I didn't work there, I would say, Alan, Chris, and I've known Freddie for 25 years, and Drew, they do a great job, Michelle Tafoya. If you get Peyton Manning and you get Al Michaels, and now you put those games on ABC – your Monday night game on ABC, now you can say, can we get a Super Bowl here? And you got the negotiation. The TV negotiations are going to be going on. They already started, quietly, from what I'm told. But, yeah, just some of the information, and that was from somebody at ESPN saying, yeah, we didn't think that they wanted to strengthen, you know, our, our Monday night team, and then they would get a better schedule. Yeah, Paul. You always see reports out there that Peyton Manning is – going to be involved being a president like John Elway of a team someday. Do you think a guy like Peyton is holding off on that because he knows that's full-time work and he's got kids? I don't know his kid situation, but you think you see him saying, not yet, because it's going to be all in. Well, I, he strikes me as has a lot of different interests, and he's really good. You know, his Peyton Manning, Peyton's places, uh, details, he, 
He's really good. And so that part of me wants to see how he would do in, in a real game, you know, just like Tony Romo. But I was told that the money, that was not the issue. Because I think Peyton was saying, uh, if you're paying Romo that, then you're going to be paying me that. Yeah, Paul. But look at Mike Mayock and John Gruden. They were cruising on TV. They had great careers, making tons of dough, easy, no-pressure lives. But they're like, you know the thing that's missing? Competing. And they, even though they got, they got a boatload of cash from the Raiders, John Gruden gave up as good of a job as there is. And, and Mayock was right there. He was just a tick below him in pre- prosperity of what they're doing in the media. And they both bailed. Well, Gruden still had some unfinished business as far as coaching. And, and he was relatively young. Mayock had been demoted. Uh, by NBC, and I think that he realized, hey, if I can do this, and uh, and by all accounts, he's very good at what he does as a GM, and to work with Gruden, and Gruden, you know, the whole thing of going into Vegas, and Gruden got paid. I mean, Gruden's getting more money than he got at ESPN. I don't know what Tony Romo's new deal, uh, what what that the trickle down with Collinsworth and Troy Aikman, you know, what are those guys going to be asking for? Because you can bet their agents are probably uh, already discussing the strategy behind that. Uh, Cam Newton just got released by the Carolina Panthers. And as Adam Schefter said last hour, we just don't know. Is there going to be a team that comes in and says, let's take a chance on this guy? If I'm Jacksonville, I can get Cam Newton. I'd go after him. i just say, do you want to come in and be a backup to Gardner Minshew? We're not quite sure about Gardner Minshew yet. He's fun. Interesting. Great personality, Minshew mania, but I, I can't go all in on Gardner Minshew and say, yeah, this is who he's going to be. But you got a cheap quarterback. You got rid of that contract, the Nick Foles contract. You bring in Cam Newton, and I, I would look at that. Jameis Winston to Pittsburgh, I would look at that. Jameis Winston to Dallas in case you don't get Dak Prescott. I would consider that as well. And then, you know, as, as Adam Schefter said, you can't rule out some of these, like somebody going to the Packers to be a backup. Could Jameis Winston go there? Could uh, Andy Dalton? You know, there's, there's three guys, and they're probably not starting this year. Yeah, Paul. From a content standpoint, for what you do for a living, would you rather have Jameis Winston on the Cowboys or Cam Newton on the Cowboys? There's no wrong answer, by the way. It's just for drama and, and coverage. Well, Jameis is always entertaining, but... I, I hope Cam gets another chance. I hope he's healthy enough to get another chance. But with go, what's going on with the coronavirus, he can't work out for people. Tua, it, somebody's going to take Tua very high in the draft. And, you know, but that contract is going to be different than, you know, what Cam is getting. Cam is like $19 million, but he just got cut. So what can I bring him in for? Can I bring him in for $8 million guaranteed for one year? Two years for... $15 million, something like that. Jameis Winston, same way, buy low, sell high. Andy Dalton, same way. So somebody is going to get a pretty good backup. Yeah, McLevin. Don't you think teams will be afraid of Cam and lesser extent Jameis because it'll be like Tebow where every reporter is going to go to him? Like the starter is going to get overwhelmed by the Camness of it all. The Camness. I like yeah, that. Like, yeah, like Gardner Minshew, he can't have Cam Newton sitting behind him. It'd be, uh, it'd be too much pressure or something. Well, then, do I purposely go out and get a quarterback who's not very good? As well, a we saw you don't want – I mean, it's not exactly like Colin Kaepernick, but you don't want your backup to be awesome. I mean, you don't, you know, you don't want your backup to put a lot of pressure on the quarterback, right? Well, look at the Saints. 
They had Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. So they still have Taysom, and, and Teddy's now in Carolina. But Teddy came in and won five games for him. How many of these quarterbacks can stay healthy? Who plays more games in Indianapolis this year? Jacoby Brissett or Phillip Rivers? I'm t- you know, I'm just curious. <laughs> just curious. Just curious. Because even though it's a great offensive line, you know, Philip Rivers is old by NFL standards here. Who's going to be Brady's backup in Tampa? Do we know who his backup is? McLevin? Oh, my gosh. I have no idea. Uh, Drew Stanton, did they sign? Or somebody like that? They have somebody, one of those German Now, it might not be him, but someone exactly equivalent to him. But that would be a team that you would want to have a younger quarterback that you could – you know, Brady is there for two years. You know, two years. And and Ryan Griffin is the backup. (laughs) Is that a made-up name? That's not like a WB quarterback. (laughs) Ryan Griffin. Ryan Griffin. Stars in. I replaced Tom Brady. But that would be a team where (laughs) – That'd be a team that if they didn't just have him, would be a great place for Jameis Winston. <laughs> <laughs> That's hot. The next home for Jameis. <laughs> so Tampa announces they're bringing back Jameis Winston. <laughs> you could bring in Cam Newton there. Brady is not going to be threatened by that. And in that division, would you love to have Cam in that division to help you out a little bit? Not that you need help with the Panthers apparently this year, but. I don't know. All right, I got one more Meet Madness song. This is the Texas region and the number seven seed, Nick, in Hawaii. And you can vote. We had over 50,000 voting the first day. And uh, voting is open on danpatrick.com for the next two weeks for the opening round because we have so many songs there. And if you don't like the seedings, blame Mario. If you do like them, credit me. Here is Nick in Hawaii with his version of Blur. In Hawaii, with his uh, take on Blur. What did you think, Seton? Oh, it's great. What an original song choice, too. We haven't had one of those before, man. That's fantastic. Good energy. And was he playing those instru- instruments? Uh, I don't know. I couldn't tell. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering about that. I also saw uh, Andrew Marshawn does a great job covering uh, this business for uh, the New York Post. He said the following. He wrote the following. Before Drew Brees re-signed with the Saints, he received interest from all the TV networks, according to sources. NBC Sports wanted to create a spot for Brees on its pregame show next to Mike Tirico, Rodney Harrison, and Tony Dungeon. Uh, I had been told by somebody at ESPN that they were looking at him as a fallback if they didn't get Peyton Manning for Monday night. It's a great fallback, but 
you know, Drew decided that he was going to sign up for uh, two more years with the Saints. But uh, Andrew Marshawn with that, with uh, Drew Brees. And it makes sense. You know, I get that, that you're going to look at the next guy who's it's, – it's better to go in a year early than it is try to go in a year late. And uh, if you get that opportunity, although Drew says, hey, I want to continue to play two more years. I get it. That's a great team and a chance to go to the Super Bowl. He wants one more. And what would that do to Drew Brees' legacy if he has another Super Bowl win? Two two is always big for a quarterback. You know, you get the one and we go, okay, he's got one. When you get to two, it just feels like if Aaron Rodgers had two, people would probably say he's the second greatest quarterback of all time. Whether that's true or not, and some people already think he's the greatest quarterback. Uh, but if you have two, it's just different. The way people view you. We'll take a break. Lance Zerline of NFL.com on why he thinks the Bengals will or should trade that number one overall pick to the Miami Dolphins. He'll join us coming up next here on the Dan Patrick Show. Everyone knows that finding qualified candidates when you're hiring is a very difficult job. I'll tell you right now, ZipRecruiter makes it a lot easier. Let's talk about Codable co-founder Gretchen Hebner experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow her education tech company. Then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. And you, too, can sign up for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Dan Patrick. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dan Patrick. With results like that, it's no wonder that four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter is definitely the smartest way to hire. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Dan Patrick. Again, if you want to hire smart, qualified people, you have to go to ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-N-P-A-T-R-I-C-K. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Dan Patrick. You know, science has shown that beauty sleep is not a myth. Science shows that adequate sleep is essential to our skin repair, health, and everything. I got eight and a half hours last night, and I'm shot out of a cannon seat in O'Connor. It's the best when you're doing the Dan Patrick show. But you know what? The benefits of the Sleep Number 360 smart bed is you not just get the hours in bed, but not the tossing and turning. It's the best. And especially if your spouse has a different, you know, you want a harder bed, a softer bed, you could do it all. Sleep Number beds allow you to adjust each side to your ideal firmness, comfort, and support. And you could change it because you change over time. The Sleep Number 360 IQ smart bed senses your movements and it automatically adjusts to keep you sleeping comfortably through the night. You're shot out of a cannon the next day. Not literally. Figuratively, this technology is the best. It's the cutting edge of the market. Discover smart, effortless comfort with the Sleep Number 360 smart bed. You get it for your home. You'll know what you're missing all those years. Get it now. This is not a bed. It's a proven quality sleep. Come in now and save up to $600 on Sleep Number 360 smart beds for a limited time. Only at a Sleep Number store. But if you're stuck at home, sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Go to sleepnumber.com slash Patrick. Get your bed today. Go to danpatrick.com. You can vote on Meet Madness. And we got two weeks for the opening round there. Make sure everybody gets an opportunity to have their songs played on the show. We'll talk to Lance Zierlein, who uh, covers the NFL draft. He's got his new mock draft out. What should the Bengals do at number one overall? So we'll talk to him on loan from NFL.com. Coming up, Terry Bradshaw was on uh, Get Up with Mike Greenberg this morning and had some things to say about Tom Brady and why he left New England. I thought they were interesting and uh, wanted to bring them to your attention. Here's Terry Bradshaw. Why would Tom Brady want to leave New England after 20 years? My question is, number one, at 43, why do you want to keep playing unless it's records out there 
uh, that you're striving for or you want to put them so high that you feel like nobody will ever get to them. Okay, that would be number one. Number two, you cannot tell me that you're wanting to leave New England, but everything is okay between you and Bill Belichick. That just doesn't resonate with me as a as the right thing. I don't believe that's the case at all. I, I think after 20 years, why play? And number and number two, why move? Why not stay right there? Where, what are you going to prove? Well, I think he wanted to prove that he can leave and that it was the right move for him. I have no problem with this. He, he proved that he could go in and say, as great as this place is, as much as we've done together, I want to go and be happy and enjoy playing football. Terry should know this. He didn't have fun playing in Pittsburgh with Chuck Knoll. That's well documented. And if Terry could have got, gotten out of there, forced his way out of there, he probably would have, even though it was a winning situation. He had maybe the best defense I ever saw. Uh, he had great offensive weapons as well. But Terry wasn't happy with the way Chuck Knoll coached him. Tom Brady hasn't been happy with the way Bill Belichick has coached him. Yes, there's results there, but there's a price that you pay when you're around somebody that, yes, bottom line is winning. Are we having any fun? How many players have said this? They were there, and they realized, yeah, you can win. Yeah, I can go in there for a year, but, man, I couldn't put up with this for 20 years. Brady made the decision. Yeah, I can't criticize the decision because he made it. He made it in what he thought was his best interest. It's his life. And I go back to, and believe me, I'm not trying to put myself in any category that Tom Brady is in. But 18 years at ESPN, I wasn't having fun. And I decided to leave. I was critical. I criticized it. You know, how could you possibly leave? You're making career suicide. And I said, I, I don't care what happens. I want to enjoy this. And thankfully, I did. Because... ESPN was moving on from me, and I was moving on from them, and we both made the right decision. I don't miss them. Maybe they don't miss me either. We both did okay. I'm doing what I want to do. And that's why I understand what Tom Brady did. Hey, you're set. You know, your, your, your legacy's set. Now you want to do something that's fun. And, and sometimes you, you, get, you get sand kicked in your face a little bit there. You know, he's been the bully. Now he's going to be with Tampa Bay. Now let's figure. Let's see what you can do now. Uh, Bill, let's see what Bill Belichick can do. But they made the decision that they wanted to make. I don't think Belichick cared to have Tom Brady back, and I don't think that Brady wanted to go back into that. And Adam Schefter laid out the breadcrumbs in October. He said, uh, Brady is selling his house. His trainer is selling his house too. That's really the first indication was, all right, Tom's going to maybe relocate here. All right. Uh, Lance Zerline works with NFL.com. They're draft analyst, co-host of the bench uh, in Houston. And Lance, kind enough to join us. Good morning, Lance. How are you? Doing good. How you doing, Dan? I'm doing great. I watched the uh, with great interest the mock draft when it was revealed. <laughs> now, can you tell me if you think the Bengals should trade the pick or will trade the pick, the number one overall pick? Well, I don't think they will trade the pick. I think the should is always going to be cased in I have to know what the you know, I have to know what the package would look like. See here's the problem. In in my mock draft, a lot of times my first two mock drafts I like to create some contingency plans because 
drafts rarely go the way people think. People get so upset about mock drafts, and they're just they're just an ability to work through, at least for me, to work through some different scenarios. And so I decided, well, so Zach Taylor was the coach, the head coach of the Bengals was the coach of Justin Herbert at the uh, the Senior Bowl. So he had you know an opportunity to spend some time with them. You've got you've had some rumblings about Joe Burrow maybe not wanting to be a Bengal. And so I decided to, and Miami has all the draft capital in the world. So I decided to go with Miami trading up to one, and let's, let's explore that and see what happens to the rest of the draft board. Now, Miami has plenty to make this draft happen. What it would look like to trade, that's kind of irrelevant to me because there is enough over the next two years draft capital-wise to make this happen. Would I do it? I can tell you this. I think Joe Burrow is a lot better than Justin Herbert. I think Joe Burrow is better than Tua Tungvaloa. Um, do I think Joe Burrow is a generational quarterback? I do not think he's a generational quarterback. I don't throw that term around lightly. People, Drew Brees is generational. We happen to be lucky enough to have Tom. I think Drew, Drew I say Drew's generational, but he's not even the best quarterback in this generation. He might be third behind Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady. So I don't think Joe Burrow is generational. With that said, you really need a quarterback, but the Bengals are not a quarterback away. So if there was a package, Dan, that was strong enough, I would absolutely listen. Now, it would have to be a very strong package for me to be willing to move out of Joe Burrow, but I would absolutely listen. I think you're foolish if you just say we're going to lock on and one, lock in on one guy unless you really do believe that he is that special, special quarterback, and maybe that's what Cincinnati believes. Where are your doubts with Joe Burrow? Well, so my doubts, and I know what they are. I watched him in the summer. Um, in the summer, I watched Joe Burrow. I thought he looked like a sixth rounder. I watched all the quarterbacks, and I, didn't, you know, I just put him away, put him to bed. And I went to the first. I went to the game that they played University of Texas, and I was like, "Whoa, this is a little different Joe Burrow than I remember seeing." From an accuracy standpoint, he was more accurate. His placement was better. And as the season wore on, I continued to have that same. You know, mindset of, well, we'll see the real Joe Burrow pop up soon, and it never happened. And about halfway through, I started buying into what my eyes were telling me. And as I got into the tape and really studied the tape, it's really quite simple. Joe Brady, I think the move of Justin Jefferson from the outside receiver spot to slot number one was huge. Jamar Chase becoming a big-time prospect on the outside was huge. But maybe more importantly, Joe Brady, the um, the – the, the passing game coordinator, he basically helped to craft an offense that didn't ask uh, Joe Burrow to throw a ton of throws outside the numbers, and especially field side, which is the long side of the field. Mm -hmm. That was something that was really wide open in 2018, like wide open in terms of their game plan. Joe Burrow was asked to throw a bunch of those throws, and he struggled, and, and that was not something that he did well. So I isolated Every throw he made, intermediate, from 10 to 20 yards, outside the numbers, every one of them. And this year he was 21 of 43, that's less than 50%, five touchdowns and four interceptions. So I went and looked at all 43 of those throws. I wanted to see what all of them looked like. And Joe throws with incredible timing and accuracy. But those are very, very tight windows when you don't have a big arm. And I think he has a slightly below average arm by NFL standards. And when he threw field side, which is the you know across the field, those same throws, you could see the nose of the ball tail down. It was an even harder throw. So I think managing those throws, Dan, staying away from those throws is going to be the key. I don't think it's something that will sink him as a prospect, 
But I watched all the throws from last year and all the throws from this year. This is the throw that he struggles with, the intermediate ball outside the numbers that requires either exquisite placement and timing or a big arm. You've got to have one or the other. He's got one of them, which is why he can survive. But you don't want to make a living if you're, if you're Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. You don't want to make a living of having to throw that throw. Given the circumstances, the situation in the United States of just travel, does this help or hurt to a tongue of Iloa? I think it hurts him. Teams want to have their own medical staff be able to do whatever needs to be done. Uh, that's why every medical staff goes to the combine, and then there's a second combine done for medical rechecks. Uh, teams want their own doctors to tell them, okay, is there a long-term stability issue with Tua Tungvaloa? Well, give, give us an idea if there's future durability or degenerative condition. And so I think that's where Tua is hurt. The video, I saw the video. He looks great moving around and sliding around. I think teams would love to be able to put him through the paces with certain turns and certain movements just to double-check. And I think, more importantly, they would really love to get their medical staffs to have their own staff's own opinion on his particular injury slash recovery. So I would typically say that would hurt him. I'm still going to assume he's going third and that Detroit will trade out of the third pick and, and, and somebody else will move into that spot. That's what I'm working off of. But I also don't have access to the medicals. Teams are going to have to feel really good about the medicals to draft him with the third pick. You know what makes me nervous, though, Lance, is, and we're talking to Lance Zerline, NFL.com, their draft analyst, is we're seeing a, a small sample size with some of these high draft picks where you've seen one year. Dwayne Haskins was great for one year. Uh, mm -hmm. Kyler Murray for one year. Baker Mayfield, well, a little bit more than that. Uh, Joe Burrow was great for one year. I don't know if Justin Herbert was ever great for one year, but consistent. Uh, Tua was certainly great for one and a half years, maybe. Like It used to be you got a chance to watch a quarterback develop for two years, maybe three years. And I don't know what Washington has with Dwayne Haskins. I don't even know if Washington knows what they have with him. Uh, you know, Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, you know, maybe the Giants found struck gold in Daniel Jones, who they could have gotten later in the draft, I feel like. But to try to assess that as a draft analyst, you're not seeing much. So how hard is that yeah. to assess who is real and who's not? Like Jordan Love, I watched him last year and I went, wait, what am I supposed to be looking at here? And then somebody said, well, he didn't have talent around him. I'm like, Okay. Is he a poor man's Mahomes? Like, okay. Like, you just start hearing this stuff, and it's hard hard to really assess how good somebody can be or will be. Yeah, it, it is. Um, so you're right about that. And I think with Pat Mahomes, we actually had a little bit more. I had more tape to get around. I made a mistake with Pat Mahomes worrying about the things that he did where he would throw off platform, and he did some Jake Cutler-ish type of stuff, which – you know, Jay at one point was a really good NFL quarterback, but he really defaulted into some bad habits. And I focused too much on that as opposed to the things that he could do and the things that he would be able to be coached on the next level. So he was a big learning. I had him as a second rounder. I learned a lot uh, from, from where I missed on, on Mahomes. You have to study where you missed. That's the most important thing. Sean Watson, we had tape on Deshaun Watson. So all the nitpicky stuff that we all did on Deshaun Watson, well, guess what? He was a winner. We saw him in high-leverage situations. Mitchell Trubisky never saw him in those high-leverage situations. Yeah. And he doesn't necessarily rise to the occasion 
when they occur in the NFL. I think Dwayne Haskins, same issue. You have one-year wonder. Joe Burrow is in that same situation. You can't tell me, and I had an executive tell me this, Dan. He said, I said, let me tell you, you've got to get on board with Burrow. He's a different guy. He's completely different, and he is different this year than last year. And this executive said, Lance, you can't tell me I have to ignore the 18 tape. It's impossible. You don't tell somebody in the NFL you have to ignore the previous season. Similarly, you can't tell me only watch 2018 on Jordan Love and ignore 2019. You can't do it. I understand the difficulties that Love faced with all his turnover, but how you play is how you play. And I think the one-year wonder stuff, I think that is a concern for some NFL teams uh, surrounding especially the quarterback position because you haven't gone through the different, you know, you haven't experienced the different highs, lows. When did when did Dwayne Haskins face adversity? In one year, you're going to face adversity? Not really. Not like you're going to face in the NFL. Sean Watson faced some adversity. So I think that's something that, that you make a really good point there. Seeing one year against especially sometimes lesser competition What's that telling me? You know, if I've got more tape, yeah, I may pick at you more like I do with Tua, but I know what I've got with Tua. Uh, I'll leave you with this. I know Trevor Lawrence is great for next year, uh, Justin Fields. Like, who? give me another quarterback that we should keep an eye on. I have a, I have a bet with McLovin that Trevor Lawrence doesn't go number one overall. I mean, did you get odds on that? Some no, nope. just a, a tough one. Just a gut feeling. <clears throat> just a gut feeling. If he doesn't go one, that it would probably have to be Justin Fields if he came out. Um, and really, those two are the top two that I know. To be just perfectly honest, Dan, I get right now so locked in on this year. I won't really get to next year's sophomores who will be juniors, if you know what I mean, because that's where the. the that's where the class usually starts is whoever last year's sophomore class was moving into the junior. I can tell you this in terms of field versus, because to me, those are the two, Justin Field versus Trevor Lawrence. Um, once again, we're going to have three years of Lawrence playing at a very high level or in high level games. And we could have the potential to have elite physical traits combined with elite production in high level matchups and games. That's going to be hard for Justin Fields to 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 circumnavigate because no matter what Justin Fields does, I mean we've seen what Trevor Lawrence can do in the big situations. I don't think he's flawless. People are people are overplaying that a little bit. Justin, I'm rather uh, Trevor Lawrence has some flaws right now, but it won't be until I really dig into the tape that I can give a real strong analysis of the, you know how he reads defenses, makes decisions, things like that. But I would tell you this. I like McLovin's stance there. <laughs> <laughs> part of that to me, I'll buy some of that. All right. Thank you, Lance. Uh, great to talk to you, and uh, we appreciate your time. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks, Dan. That's uh, Lance Zierlein, NFL.com draft analyst, co-host of The Bench in uh, Houston. All right, McLovin. I still stay with my bet. I don't yeah, know. You what- kind of- you convinced me to go the other way because of Sam Darnold. I was also sure about Sam Darnold, and he went, what, three? Uh, Deshaun Watson, right? You go down the list. Tank for Tua. Never get it right. We were tanking for Tua. I don't know. Maybe, maybe Trevor Lawrence is all of that in a bag of chips. Maybe so. Maybe. But I'm, I'm going to go against conventional wisdom. Yes, McClellan. 
if I offered you to switch sides right now, would you do it? Because I'm considering. <laughs> well, maybe you join my side, and then somebody else may take the bet with Trevor Lawrence, his side of it. Yeah, what is the – if it's a wheel of punishment, I'm with you uh, because I, I feel very nervous. It's a long year. Yeah, I, I, I just – I know Trevor Lawrence has been the chosen one for years. Um, but that freshman year to his sophomore year, I didn't see great improvement. And, you know, maybe I'm going to see great improvement this year. But he has everything that you would want. He's athletic. He's tall. He's got a big arm. I mean, he, he looks like your franchise quarterback. But – it's just we've been sold on quarterbacks a year before, and then you get to that point and you go, wait, I thought this guy was supposed to be going number one. Yeah, McLeod. What's your first impression of Justin Fields? I'd like to see a little bit more because it, this goes back to when I watched Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, he had one game it felt like there was a pressure situation regular season that was Purdue. That was it. So – to try to handicap that and go, boy, I got you figured out. And Lance brings up the great point. When you're under stress, when you throw an intercept, like that's when I find out about you, not when you're lighting up the night torching Michigan's defense. I want to know when it's a struggle, when, when you know, the odds are against you or you're not playing well, your team's not playing well. You have to have a big throw. That's what I want to see out of a franchise quarterback. Yeah, Paulie. Remember a bunch of years ago when Josh Rosen, I think he was a sophomore, had that unbelievable game, the comeback against Texas A&M. Against A&M. Yeah. I was like, that's Josh Rosen. Whenever anyone would criticize him, I'd be like, do you see what he did to A&M in a pressure situation? He lit those guys up. And I was sure that Josh Rosen, once he got to the league, all the college stuff would wash out and he'd just be a clutch quarterback. And Does he still have value? Is it? He's the backup quarterback in Miami, right? But if they draft Tua, what happens to Josh Rosen? Yes, yeah, he. And wasn't Josh Rosen super cocky? Oh boy! Uh, just be- was that just before the draft or just after the draft? Like, well, he had, he had the, the hot tub in his room. <laughs> Didn't he have the jacuzzi in his? That, that was a plus in my book. In my <laughs> well, yeah, that's just understanding a good time. Yeah. That's not... <laughs> the man who knows how to have a good time. Yeah. Don't wave a good time in front of his face. All right, we'll take a break. Last call for phone calls. What we learn. What's in store tomorrow. All of that. Coming up right after this. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowner's or renter's insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see how much you can save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. Once again, it's Geico Easy. Visit Geico.com today, Geico.com. Hey, listeners, just wanted to take a minute to thank all our great sponsors and all of you great listeners for supporting this podcast. We certainly couldn't do it without either of you. And I wanted to remind you that you can support our sponsors by going to our show page at podcastone.com, clicking on the Support This Podcast button, and there you will see all our wonderful sponsors that help make this show possible. Thank you for downloading, subscribing, and, of course, supporting. And now, back to the show. Happy birthday, Peyton Manning. Turns 44 today. He has the longest streak of consecutive seasons with 25 passing touchdowns or more in NFL history. It's not even close who's second. 
Peyton did it for 16 consecutive years. Now, 2011 doesn't count because he missed that season. But from 1998 to 2014, Peyton Manning, 16 consecutive years where he threw for at least 25 touchdown passes. Second on the list, Drew Brees had an 11-year window. Phillip Rivers, 11 consecutive years where he had 25 or more touchdowns. Tom Brady did it 10 consecutive years from 2009 to 2018. Then it goes down to Dan Marino, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, Matt Ryan, and Kirk D. Cousins with five. And I was also curious to start a career. So Russell Wilson is the only other player with a streak of multiple seasons, 25 or more touchdowns to start his NFL career. And he did it in his first two years. Peyton did it in his first 16 years. Now, does that work against Mahomes because he played just a little bit his rookie year? I mean, that's not fair, is it? But, yeah, pretty impressive. So, 44 years of age, Peyton Manning. Jeff in Detroit, back on the program. What's on your mind today, Jeff? What up, though, man? Just thanking you for being on the air. It's like being trapped in a dark-ass crib. When your show come on, crack that window open, <laughs> let a little bit of that light in, baby, for show. Hey, listen, I was wondering, man, in our time that we're living in right now, do you remember a better uh, collective group of quarterbacks being in the NFL? Brady, Watson, Mahomes, Rodgers, Wilson, Brees. I mean, you got all these top-notch arms in the NFL playing at a pretty good clip right now. Do you ever remember another time in the NFL where there was this many top-notch quarterbacks? Well, it's become the focal point of the sport. It used to be running backs were really important in the NFL. But uh, let me take inventory here, Jeff. Thanks for the phone call. How many Hall of Famers do we have? Brady, Brees, Rodgers, Roethlisberger, Philip Rivers, Trubisky, Trubisky, no, he might attend the Hall of Fame. Uh, you're looking at the potential here of Mahomes, Watson. Who else would we throw in there? Am I missing somebody, McLevin? Well, if you think of former MVPs, Matt Ryan and Cam yeah. Newton both won MVPs. Man, Matt Ryan will be a Hall of Famer. Cam Newton will not. Matthew Stafford? Yeah, that's a great question. He, Russell Wilson, Hall of Famer. So yeah. what do, we have like 12 Hall of Famers? Hmm. That's pretty impressive. All right, uh, final results of the poll question, McLevin. Who's had the worst offseason? Texans run away with it, not even close. <laughs> well, congratulations there. This day in sports history, Paulie. 1975, Muhammad Ali knocks out Chuck Wepner in the 15th round to retain the world heavyweight title. Reportedly... Sylvester Stallone, struggling actor, is in the crowd, and that's where he got the idea for Rocky. What's amazing is it took 15 rounds to knock out Chuck Wepner. Chuck Wepner invited punches. That's what I was like, and they went 15 rounds back then. Chuck Wepner didn't play any defense. He just, he led with his face. He's trying to wear down his hands. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to tire you out. And his face looked like melted caramel, you know, when it was all done. Uh, all right, so that's uh, this day in sports history. Uh, Seton O'Connor, what did you learn on today's program? I learned that Adam Schefter thinks that Cam Newton or Jameis Winston should go to a place where they should learn, which it feels actually really insulting to include lump them into the same 
category, but Adam Schefter did. I think Cam Newton has learned. I think Jameis Winston is learning. Todd Fritz, what did you learn today? You're not sure why the Colts gave Philip Rivers $25 million for one year instead of Tom Brady for $50 million over two. I, I just I don't I sh- And I ran out of time with Shefty, and I, I should have asked him that. I, but I was wondering what other team, how many teams were interested in him? And the fact that Brady, his agent, was asking if the Colts, if they were interested, not the other way around. And, you know, Brady started recruiting Tampa Bay. You know, people thought Tampa Bay would have to recruit Brady. Brady was actually recruiting Tampa Bay when they got into the interviewing process there. McLovin, what did you learn on today's program? You're not that Dan Patrick. No, I'm not. (laughs) No, I'm not the lieutenant governor of Texas. Once again, I uh, don't have a Twitter account, and if I did, I would not put that out there that I think we could sacrifice our grandparents for the betterment of our grandchildren. I, I would not say that. I would not. I would sacrifice a Dan or two, but I didn't say you, Todd. I think I'm at the top of that list somehow. <laughs> yeah, Paulie, what did you learn? In our pre-show meeting, I learned that Todd was given a gift 20 years ago of silk, sexy underwear by his mother. Elmo panties. No, they're not that? panties. <laughs> they're not. They look like panties. They're boxers. They're your, silky your, mom, boxers. your mom gave you silky underwear in therapy. I like to be tickled. Well, <laughs> we learn brought to you by True Car. Go to True Car to build your car and compare models by options from discovery to pricing to reviews. Get everything you need with a new True Car. Thanks for joining us. We're here for you. Do it again tomorrow. Dan Patrick Show. Hi, hello, sports fans. Dave Damashek here, and uh, guess who's sitting exactly six feet away from me? Adam Carolla. And uh, we're both here to let you know your favorite Adam Carolla show segment now has its very own feed. Well, what about the injuries? And I go, that's fine, but what about being a f- your whole life? <laughs> we know the real reason so many people tune into the Adam Carolla show. So let's give the people what they want, Ace. I've seen pictures of him in Russia with a shirt off, and he looks he looks pretty chiseled. <laughs> Enjoy all the good sports segments together in just one place. Make sure you subscribe to Good Sports, available on Apple Podcasts, Podcast One, Spotify, and all your favorite podcast platforms. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with performance enhancing. Just, you know, being a hero, you mm-hmm. know? That's what I'd like. Anything to add, Ace? No. Okay.